hello, hello. Welcome. My name is Dr. Kamiko McGuire. I am a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And my name is Crystal Turner. I am also a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And this is Queens Unburdened, a mental health perspective for women of color. At Queens Unburdened, we believe in the power of healing, empowerment, and transformation. The journey of women of color is rich, complex, and filled with both the triumphs and challenges. We understand that the unique experiences that you face can create a specific mental health need that requires tailored care, empathy, and understanding. We aim to help you embrace your strength. Your strength as a woman of color is a beautiful asset. It's something to be cherished and nourished. Have you ever asked yourself, what makes me resilient? What fuels my passion? We want to explore those aspects with you together, unburdening the pressures that comes with our unique journeys. Our commitment is to provide a supportive space that fosters growth, understanding, and healing specifically tailored to women of color. We recognize that a sense of community is essential in the healing process. Can you recall a moment where someone's understanding made you feel seen? That's the sensation we strive to foster here at Queens Unburdened. We also want to help empower your voice. We work tirelessly to empower your voice, whether it's through therapy, support groups, or educational programs. It's about recognizing the beauty and power in our individual and shared experiences as women of color. When was the last time you felt truly empowered? We want to help you find that feeling again and make it a constant in your life. Our approach is comprehensive and compassionate care. Our services are designed to meet you where you are, recognizing your intricate intersections of culture, identity, and mental health. We offer individualized care plans that align with your needs and your journey. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by trying to find the right support? Our comprehensive approach is here to guide you, focusing on the compassionate, specialized care that we offer. So our promise to you is that together we will celebrate your strengths, heal through connection, and empower your voice. Queens Unburdened is more than a mental health podcast. It's a community. It's about finding strength and vulnerability and embracing our unique identities as women of color. Your mental health matters, and we're here to support you every step of the way. So are you ready to take the next step in your journey? Let's grow heal, and prosper together as we unburden the queens within us. And let's talk a moment about what motivated both of us to come to this space to create this atmosphere of growth and transformation. Dr. Kamiko, do you want to go first? Absolutely. Thank you, Crystal. So I originally was a family nurse practitioner, and I typically would see patients with acute and chronic issues, whether it was strep throat or blood pressure, diabetes, I kind of treated the whole spectrum, all ages. And what I started to notice was that there was an uptick in patients that were struggling with mental health conditions. And I will be very honest, there was very little education in my program about the mental health side of things. And so I was very uncomfortable treating these patients. And so my knowledge was very limited. 
And I thought that that might be a good opportunity to try to get a little bit more education so I can help these patients because at the time I was working in a rural area. And so psychiatric providers were few and far between. And the ones that were available were booking three and four months out. And a lot of times I thought, well, if I knew exactly what to do, I could possibly already have this person feeling much better by the time they can even get an appointment with a provider. So I went back to school and got my postmaster certification to be a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And I did not know that I would just fall in love with the idea of treating mental health. And so that's really how it started. And I've been doing it almost a decade now. And I wouldn't change a thing. I absolutely love helping people change, you know, their outlook on life, the trajectory of their life, and just really kind of helping people realize that their current situation doesn't have to be their future situation. Hmm. Thank you. And Crystal, I'd love to hear about your, your journey to how you got to be a mental health provider as well. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. I feel your passion. I already know that you're passionate and that just speaks to the reasoning. So thank you for sharing that. My reasoning I would say that it, it really started with the dynamics in my home or in my family. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was diagnosed with schizophrenia in her youth after being in a very traumatic situation as a young girl. And the way that mental health was dealt with at that time really lacked a lot of ethics. And it definitely came at a time where the stigma was super high. So unfortunately, her diagnosis of schizophrenia led to her being institutionalized for a large portion of my mom's childhood and seeing how those connections really impacted my grandmother's pain, impacted my mom's pain, and having my own emotional issues as I was younger. I saw how that connection was there. And so it's what got me first interested in psychiatry as my mom told me the stories of my grandmother when I was a teenager, things I just would, could not have imagined with my grandmother because I knew her as an older woman who didn't show those symptoms. I mean, it piqued my curiosity. And as I became a nurse and went into, you know, graduated as a nurse and I was working more in a medical area, I had a, a, a good friend who literally was having a mental health crisis before my eyes and I didn't catch it. I didn't recognize it until it was in its full development. I mean, it really made me recognize that this is what I want to work toward and help in our community because there's so much stigma there is a lack of knowledge in terms of understanding the, the signs that many people display before where they can really be helped on the, you know, before things elevate or escalate to a certain degree. And like you said, Dr. Kimiko, it really impacted me as well as I began to work in psychiatry as a registered nurse, how there was so much limitation to access to care for people that look like us and wanting to also have more autonomy and more ability to affect change through a different level of care that I could provide. And so that's what inspired me to go back to get higher education, advanced education as a nurse practitioner. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. And I think that there are people that can relate to that to where it's like, well, we, we didn't even know. Right. And it's like, or like you said, years ago, mental health was not treated the same way that it is now. And people were just kind of tucked away. And it was just, you know, something that we didn't talk about very taboo. And so I think that we're in a better position now that it is frontline. And I, I think that that might be one of the few positives that came out of COVID is that people realize like, 
I need to be connected to someone. I need to have that interaction with other people. And now that I don't have that, my mental health is suffering in the process. Even when we all went home, the numbers for domestic abuse, child abuse, they went up because now people were in the home together for extended periods of time. We weren't equipped to manage that under one roof, it seems. So I think that if nothing else, we learned that our mental health was um, a lot more fragile than we recognized prior to having to be, you know, under not necessarily surveillance, but lockdown for a bit of a time. So I do think that this information is needed. We need to talk about the elephant in the room. We need to talk about the stigma associated with mental health. I smile every time someone, you know, I know personally, not necessarily professionally that are like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I see my therapist and I'm like, good. You have someone to talk to if nothing else. So I think that it needs to be something that we talk about. We talk about heart health. We talk about diabetes. We talk about needing to lose weight, being in shape, but we neglect that mental health piece. So I think this is more than needed in our communities. And I cannot wait to share more information with our audience. Yeah. And I just want to speak to something that you said that was so powerful when it comes to talking about COVID and how that isolation came into being. Because when we talk about women of color and most, I know there are subgroups to every culture, but understanding that for a large part, people of color have come from community, you know, and understanding that that's a big part of why we've created what we are creating, because we want to have community, a place to come, a place to lean on, a place to get that support. We can see very much so how that isolation and that community can have two different impacts, right? And understanding that in a lot of situations, people who come from a very individualistic point of view, that their suicide rates are a bit higher versus when we have community, it really equals support. And so that's one of the big things we want to offer here is the support to people and create this wonderful community of understanding and reliance. That's so good, Crystal, because a lot of times we do feel like we're the only one dealing with the issue that we're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we fail to recognize that we're not alone, for one. And because it can be a taboo topic, no one is just going to flat out talk about it. You know, it's not going to be, yeah, you know, last week I I can barely get out of bed. In some cultures, that might just be seen as being lazy. When really Mm -hmm. you are so physically and emotionally drained, you cannot even fathom getting your body out of the bed. And so recognizing things for what it is, you know, yeah, it might be a one-off situation, but if it's becoming something that you notice that is more frequent than it had been five years ago, 10 years ago, then it's time to start looking for answers. Am I depressed or do I have, you know, do I have an issue that I'm not sleeping well? Like, what is it as to why I feel this way? Now, sometimes we do get older and our bodies will change, but it shouldn't be to the point where we can't function. So A lot of times we will keep pushing ourselves to the point of almost breaking because we don't want to be seen as lazy. We don't want to be seen as, you know, not pulling your weight, not doing your part. Or you might not even have the ability to take a moment to breathe because you are the sole breadwinner or, you know, have people to take care of. And it's like, I can't even think about taking time off or taking a moment for myself because that might mean that I can't pay my rent. That might mean that I can't feed my family. So a lot of times we really don't give 
the the respect that it, we just, you know, mental health deserves that. Okay, well, I saw my mom do it. I saw my grandma do it. That doesn't mean that's right. It doesn't mean that working yourself to death. That doesn't mean ignoring your your physical and your mental health is the way to go. Because once we, you know, those things are prices. Those are things you can't get back a lot of times once we they get too far. You might get back to semi-normal, but you might not get back to your baseline. So like you said, recognizing the signs before it's a full-blown fiasco and you're in the hospital somewhere because you don't, you're like, how did I get here? Well, six months ago it started, but you just kept pushing yourself and pushing yourself. And eventually if you don't take a break, your body will make you. So Mm -hmm. it's just a matter in your mind potentially. So it's just a matter of recognizing like, you know what? I was a little short with my kids this morning or I didn't sleep well last night or yeah, I really haven't been, you know, enjoying the things I used to enjoy and, and just taking a moment to recognize it for what it is. So you can figure out what you need so that you can pour from a full glass versus trying to constantly find a few more drops so you can keep pouring to someone else. And I wanted to speak to what you said, Kamiko, because I think it's so important. And it is this big part of when we came together, part of what motivated us to start this community, yeah, is when we, you talked about our grandmothers, our mothers, and ourselves, right? And it looks very different. Absolutely society, like who we are today is very different from our grandmothers. Our roles are very different. A lot of shifts have happened. Many of us are in leading roles in society, are, are in big positions, are the breadwinners of our home, or we're, we're in the workforce. As our grandmothers, many stay at home. And then we still want this to be a place for the women who do stay at home, who also may see the shift and maybe they don't see that they relate to other women as much. You know, there could be so many different dynamics, but we want it to be understood that we're here to support and see the needs of all of us. They're all unique to us individually, but then there's this commonality that we can share so that we can show the support to one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that, like, this isn't just for women that are in the workforce. It's not just for women that are staying home because we all have our own unique journeys. Right. And, you know, I obviously we both are, you know, professionals working in the workforce, but I was so stressed out when I stayed home with my youngest son for a few months. And I'm like, jokingly told my husband, I need to go back to work so I can get a break, you know, because I felt like I never got a day off. And so, you know, we'll definitely dive into that, just the expectations of a woman and what we put on ourselves, what society puts on us, what our families put on us, what we allow to be put on us, boundary setting. Like, you know, some people cringe at the thought of saying no. So I Mm. think that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to get into, but this was just our introduction. We wanted to let everyone know who we are what we stand for and what Queens Unburdened is here to do for not only you, but if you have a friend, a family member, a coworker, someone that fits under that niche, as far as a woman of color. And a lot of times we have to deal with the microaggressions in the workplace. And you can't present a certain way. You can't talk too loud. You can't use your hands too much. Mm-hmm. And that really can weigh on you as a person when you can't, you know, you're at a job eight hours a day, you can't be yourself. That's most of the day, right? So we're going to dig into those topics and, and just provide you with, like Crystal said, that community to make you feel not only seen, but heard and understood to know that you are not alone in this. And so 
We want you to make sure you bookmark us, subscribe, share it with people that you feel could benefit because we are, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of the things that we have planned for you all. And if you've listened to this point, we truly appreciate it. And we look forward to talking with you all, getting to know you. We're going to create more community so that we all can support each other and have each other's back. I hope you all enjoyed the first podcast and we look forward to providing you more in the future. Yes. Cheers to Queens and Burton. Woo-hoo. Take care.